dive straight in and we're going to start exploring the Bible together today. On your tables, you will see uh, a pile of pets, a pile of animals on your tables. In 2021, so just last year, the Pet Food Manufacturers Association undertook a survey to find out what are the most popular pets in the UK. By popular, we're talking about what percentage of households have these pets, okay? So not, not which are the most liked pets. What I want you to do is to put them from one to 10, one being the most popular pet you think in the UK, all the way down to number 10. Just a couple of things to point out first. There's no fish, which surprised me, but I have to trust these guys. Uh, and the picture, of the, the picture of the gecko represents all lizards. Okay, everybody hold your pets. Okay, I'm a, you're gonna just have to settle with what you have and you're just gonna have to be at peace with what you've come to, okay? So, I know how seriously we take these things. Um, okay, so the most popular is dogs. Yeah? So they reckon nearly a third of households in the UK have a dog. The next, probably unsurprisingly, is cats. Next is rabbits. Actually, rabbits and indoor birds are tied third. <laughs> I love that. What great reactions. Next, in fifth place is hamsters. Next is guinea pigs. Coming in at number seven is what is called domestic fowl, which would be your chickens. Where am I? Number eight. Number eight, tortoises and turtles. Popular little creatures. Next up in number nine is snakes. And then coming in at number 10 is lizards, which is far too low on the list, I feel. Much too low on the list. Well done, guys. So, I reckon fish, if fish were included, I reckon fish would be right near the top, to be honest, I think. Okay. So we've got a, we have a top 10 list here of the most popular pets. Quite often we, uh, we understand things through lists, don't we? Or we like to rank things in lists. We find it can be very helpful. This is gonna be a really tenuous little link in here, but in the Bible, we find a list of 10 things, 10 commandments that God gives to his people. And these commandments really lay out how God's people should relate to him, but also how they should relate to other people. So this is God's heart and saying, this is the way that you should live in terms of how you relate to me and relate to others. But it's not just 10. Those 10 make up 613 commandments in the whole of the Old Testament. God's way of saying to his people, this is how you are to live. 
This is my heart for you and how you are to best live in terms of your relationship with me and your relationship with others. And we're going to be thinking a little bit um, about these commandments this morning, but specifically when Jesus was asked a question about these commandments. And so we find in Matthew chapter 22, in one of the Gospels, where Matthew's recording the life of Jesus, he says this, he says that when the Pharisees had heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked Jesus a question to test him. He wanted to catch him out. He said, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law. So out of all of the 613 commandments, which is the greatest one? And Jesus said to him, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And this is the great and first commandment. And a second one is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments depend all the law and depend all the prophets. So there were some people who, they were wanting to know really how the commandments ranked, which are the more important commandments, which are not the quite so important commandments, just as we were finding out which are the more popular pets and less popular pets. These guys were like, actually, we want to know where do these commandments rank? What comes near the top and what drops down towards the bottom? And Jesus' answer is this. He says, actually, there is two greatest commandments. The first one is this, is to love God. The second one, which is like the first, is is that you are to love people. Now over the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring that part, what it is to love people, what it is to love people well. But today we're going to focus on what it is to love God. And because what Jesus is saying is this, he's saying to love God and to love people, these are the greatest things that you can give yourselves to. And actually, everything else, Everything else depends on these two things. If we get these first two things as our priority, then everything else finds its place within that. I might have shared this before, but some while ago, I think it was Isaac, my son, he said to me, he said, I love God more than I love you. And I said, good, you should love God more than you love me. And I said, I love God more than anyone else. And actually, if we love God first and love God most, then we can love other people better. And so actually, we love other people best when God is first. Because we look to love God the way that he calls us to love them. And we look to love them the way that God loves us. You see, everything else finds its place in that. Last week as a church, we were spending some time in 1 Corinthians 13, where Paul was saying, look, we can, uh, we can prophesy and we can have great faith and we can love the poor and look after the needy and we can do all of these things, but if we don't have love, we're left with nothing. And so actually, we are to seek the greatest good for others first, whoever they are, and then everything else finds its place in that. But this morning, we're going to spend just a little bit of time now thinking about what it is to love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our mind. Now sometimes I think we can think of ourselves in parts or compartments because it can help us to understand ourselves. So we can think actually what does it mean to love God with our hearts, 
What does it love God? What does it mean to love God with our souls? What does it love, I mean to love God with our mind? But I think actually the point that Jesus is making is not that we're to separate ourselves up into parts, into rigid compartments, but actually Jesus' focus is on the whole person. So when he's saying to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, he's saying love God with your whole being, with everything that you are. Don't hold anything back. Don't have any part of your life that is not focused on loving God. Give him your everything. But I wonder what actually, does, what actually makes you who you are. You feel free to give me some answers. What makes you who you are? The kind of thing I'm after, for example, our thoughts. That's part of who we are, isn't it? Any other, any other ideas? Just shout them out. What makes you who you are? Our experiences, our past. How we look, our appearance, so our bodies. There's a physical element to us, our bodies. Anything else? Genetics, yeah, absolutely. So there's that physical part of us that makes us who we are. Any more? Gifts and abilities. Our gifts and abilities, absolutely. Yes, Arthur. Our DNA, yes, with the, the genetics, absolutely. Our character, our spirit, yeah. Our dreams, absolutely. What about our emotions? That's part of who we are. Our desires, the things that we love and the things that we long after. Our understanding, the way that we understand and view the world. Yes, Isaac? Toys. Our toys. No, that doesn't make up who we are, but that's something that we get to enjoy, isn't it? But really, what Jesus is saying then is love God with all of that. Love God with all of that. And again, everything else finds its place in this. Very quickly, I want you to go around your tables and each take it in turns to say one thing that you have done this weekend. It doesn't have to be spectacular. It could be very boring. I brushed my teeth this morning. That's something I did this weekend. So go around your tables and each person just say one thing that you have done so far this weekend. Okay, if we just want to be bringing those conversations to a close then, I would imagine... That as we've been going around and sharing, there will be some things that are perhaps more exciting, things that we've done that are very easy to get excited about, and there might be some more, like I said, some more ordinary things. I said brushing my teeth, eating food could be another one. But it's something that we've done, but it could be something more exciting, like we've gone to the beach and had a great time, or we've spent time with friends or family or whatever it might be. Actually, our days are filled with all sorts of activities, aren't they? Some things we really look forward to, some things we probably do without really giving them much thought. Now, when Jesus gives his answer about what the greatest commandment is, he's actually quoting from a book from the Old Testament, from Deuteronomy, which pretty much says the same thing. It says that you're to love God uh, with all your heart and with all your strength, uh, so with all of your heart and with all of your soul. And in this particular version of the Old Testament, it says with your, all of your strength. Or all of your might as well. Now, bear with me on this. The Hebrew word that is used is ma'od, okay, which says strength. But it doesn't actually mean strength in the way that we understand it. Ma'od actually could be used in place of very. So we would say someone was ma'od faithful. They were very faithful. 
or they were ma'od, strong. They were very strong. So, in actually, in using that word, when it says, love the Lord your God with all your strength, what it means is love God with all of your muchness, if that's a word. Not holding anything back, but giving, giving everything. I know that's kind of hard for it. It doesn't really fit with our understanding of, of language necessarily. But love God with your muchness in great measure. So actually, when we're talking about the different things that we've been doing this weekend, what it means to love God with all of your strength is to devote every opportunity, every possibility, every capacity that you have to him. To view every moment, every opportunity, every ability as a chance to love and honour the one who made you. And that's what Jesus calls us to. This is the greatest thing that you can live for and give your life to. In 1 Corinthians 10, 31, Paul says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Have you ever thought about that? How do I brush my teeth for the glory of God? I, I could do with an answer for that one, but what does it mean to, to do whatever you do to do it all for the glory of God? I think it could be partly this. I don't think this is an exhaustive answer. I think this is just some of the things that came to my mind. It means doing things with gratitude and with thanksgiving to recognize God's gifts to us and his goodness to us. I think it means trusting him. That brings him glory when we trust him through situations that we're going through. I think it means doing things without grumbling. When maybe we would be very tempted to grumble about the things that we have to do. I think it means to do things for the glory of God means to do things in a way that points others to him and helps them to see him. I think it also means to love, God, uh, to love other people well. To think actually in, in, in what I'm doing here, actually is it loving someone else well? Am I loving people well? Again, I think there's more to it than that, but I think that's probably a helpful place for us to begin. So the emphasis that Jesus gives is this. The emphasis, the emphasis sorry, is on loving God with everything you have. But the Bible does speak a lot about our hearts. I don't know if you've noticed that. The Bible does speak a lot about our hearts. One of the places it does is in Proverbs and in chapter 4. And it says, My son, pay attention to what I say and turn your ear to my words. Do not let them out of your sight, but keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to one's whole body. And above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. So actually, it's so important that we keep check on our hearts of what we're filling our lives with, but also of recognising actually what are some of the things that would compete for our attention and compete for our affection because sometimes we talk about things that are important to us or things that we enjoy as having a place in our hearts don't we we'll say oh that person's got a special place in my heart or I love doing that activity that's got a place in my heart now on your tables we're going to do a very quick activity there's some paper uh, templates with hearts on them we're not going to write anything in the middle heart we will but in a bit don't write anything in there yet But in the outer heart, just take a moment, I want you to either write or to draw. Adults, if you can help the children on the tables, this would be really great to do this together. I want you actually to write some of the things that are important to you, 
some of the things you enjoy and write them in the inner heart. You'd say, actually, these things have a place in my heart. It could be people, it could be activities, it could be pets, it could be anything. Write them in the outer heart. We'll do that for just a moment. I think it's really helpful for us to just think about some of the things that are really important to us. Okay, now I imagine that there are probably many things we could keep doing this for a little while and there'll be things that we put it in there and maybe over the course of the morning other things might come to mind that you want to put in there. But hopefully, if I explained it well, in the middle part, in that very sense part of the heart, it should be blank. But I want you to write God in there. It's okay. Just know you haven't right in the middle bit. Oh, that's okay. Oh, good girl. Now, there can very much be competition for who or what comes first in our lives. There are many good things in our life. And I would imagine that most of, if not all of the things that you've written in in the outer heart, would be very good things that are actually gifts from God. Whether we're talking about family or friends or pets or hobbies or whatever it is. Really good things. They're good things. They're gifts from God. But actually, they're not to be the first thing. Like I said earlier, all of these things find their place, actually, from loving God first. Could also be that there are things that actually need to be kept out of our hearts completely. That if we were to write them down, would be written on the very edges of the paper around the outside. Things that maybe we might be tempted to give ourselves to or to to put in the place of God that actually are not good things. That we need to keep out of our hearts. We need to guard our hearts within them. But actually what Jesus says is to love God with everything you have. Let Jesus take that center place in your heart and everything else finds its place within that. In Romans chapter 1. Um, just make sure I'm in the right place Romans 1 verse 25 don't know that that it is Romans 1 25 It is Romans 1.25. Paul says that actually people have found themselves distanced from God because they exchanged the truth about who God is for a lie and worshipped and served the created things rather than the creator himself. And then Paul goes on to say, who is blessed forever. I'd never really considered that final part of it before. That the creator, he is the one who is blessed forever and it's that word forever that got my attention. Because actually if we're looking at the things that, we, that we've written in our hearts, God is the one who always has been. And he is the one who always will be. He is never ending. He is without measure. He is forever God. And so actually we are called to love God who is forever. And not in his place to put other things that are maybe just for a part of our life. Or just for a season 
of our life. But this is where I just kind of want to bring this part. We're going to ground it a little bit here. We're going to come and share communion together. Because when we're talking about loving God with everything that we have, loving Him uh, above all others, we need to make sure we understand what's written in 1 John chapter 4, verse 19. It says that we love because He first loved us. That has to be our starting point. We can only love God. We can only follow this command to love God and to love others because He loved us first. Because he has made a way for us to love him. Outside of him, we would not be able to love God. So if we're to love God, to love people, we need to know that he loved us first. And John 3.16 tells us how much he he loved us. That God loved us so much that he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. That means they will live forever with God. But it's because of the love that he has for us. And so I just want to anchor this. Everything that we've thought about today and talked about and discussed and hopefully over the coming days we're thinking on and looking to put into action and put into practice. I want us to really anchor it in the fact that it is a response to what God has done for us. So actually this command, it is a command, but it's also an invitation. It's an invitation to love God and to love people Because God himself has made a way for us through Jesus. Who while we were far off from God because we'd we'd given ourselves to the things that God had created rather than to God himself. And yet through Jesus God has made a way for us to both be loved. But then an invitation then to love God as well. So we're going to come and we're going to share communion. Where we remember What God has done for us through Jesus, through his death on a cross and through his wonderful, glorious resurrection. Which means that we know that we are loved, but we also now can love God and we can love others. I'd love the help from some of the children. We've got some bread up here. I'd love just a few children to come and help and we'll pass the bread around the tables. Uh, Chris... Maybe you and and another grown-up, there's wine, are you able to just pass those around the tables as well? Don't take it yet, we're going to do it together in just a moment, but let's get the, it's really cool, if you 